Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. Hallelujah. Well, welcome to our Wednesday Refuel. Amen. Wednesday Refuel, getting refueled up with healing, getting refilled up with the Spirit of God, getting refilled up with God's goodness, amen, getting re-energized, edified in the Word of God, amen. I'm so thankful for the, the small little gathering we get to have here, the, the people that are coming out and, and coming to worship with, with each, uh, worshiping with us, worshiping the Father, worshiping Jesus, amen, worshiping the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you guys. I'll tell you, there's not, there's not another group of people I'd rather be doing this with. There's not another group of people I'd rather be doing life with than the people that God's calling into this family, this, what God's doing in this family, in this church. And I'm telling you, I am, I am so thankful. True freedom seekers. True freedom seekers, true presence seekers, true revivalists. Mm. True lovers. True lovers of not only God, but lovers of man. And I'm telling you, that church will change this island. That church will, will allow the goodness of God to flow in us and through us. That church will flip this upside down. And I'm telling you, thank is, I'm, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful to be a part with you guys. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, with that being said... It doesn't surprise me here. It doesn't surprise me where the Lord has been leading us here, how he's been teaching us, I guess, for the past like six or eight, you know, six or eight months, how he's been, you know, trying to grow us up in our identity in him, trying to grow us up and being led by the spirit, trying to grow us up even with these amazing letters to the church, not only reinforcing truths, reinforcing foundations, but giving correction where, where many of us may need correction in our own lives. Not, not because God's mad at you, not because he hates you, because he's trying to prepare you. Amen. He's preparing you for this amazing revival that is here. Amen. It's here in seed form. It's here with a little bit of spark, but I'm telling you, it's going to be released throughout this land. And he is trying to prepare a people to be able to work with him, a people to, to get to where they are led by his spirit, led in his direction, and they're beginning to walk away from the culture, getting walking away from the things of this world. Amen. I'm telling you, church, not too many, not too many churches are, are, are teaching some of this stuff like we're teaching here on the seven letters of the church. Yeah, they're not, they're not going in some of the depths that we're going into some of these things. I'm telling you why, because, because people get offended at these things. Amen. I mean, church leaders, I mean, God bless each and every one that is leading in the kingdom of God, because it's a difficult thing to do. You get criticized from every direction. Amen. But, but I know what it's like. There's trying to hold on, amen, to the people they have. Hold on to numbers. Hold on and try not to get people offended. But I'm telling you, church, like we said last week, we got to get to that place where we grow up. Amen. We got to get to that place where we can grow up to where we can handle the things that God has placed in our hands, that he desires to place in our hands, that he wants to do in us and through us. Amen. And it's, uh, it's amen, amen. And I'm just believing, I'm believing not just us, but every church that we're involved with, every church in this land is, is beginning to move in that direction, that they're hearing the same things that the Spirit of the Lord is speaking unto us and, uh, and begin to yield to it. I mean, begin to yield into what, to what the Lord wants to do, amen? Not yield into a, not yield, <laughs> not yield into a megachurch movement, not yield into a political movement, amen? 
but, but yielding into the spirit of God, into everything that he's desiring for each and every one of us. I'm telling you, church, it's, it's amazing. It is amazing. You know, the kingdom of God is amazing. Amen. If we'll just begin to, to listen to these things and, and yield to them, you know, the pressures you will find, leadership will find, and, and people under leadership you'll find, many of these pressures that we have in this world, these pressures we feel, if we will just yield ourselves unto him instead of all the expectations that everyone has, start seeking out his expectations, but not, but not yield ourselves to the expectations of the world. I'm telling you, you'll find all these things just disappear. They'll, they'll go by the wayside. They'll float on down the river. Amen. Why? Because we'll be following hand in hand, sink and sink with the movement of the spirit of God and everything we do. And this, this is what he's desiring us to do. This, this is that maturity. Because see, much like as we talked about six or eight months ago, being led by the spirit, that, that is the mature Christian. Amen. And many that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the mature ones of, of God. They are the mature sons and daughters of God. And it doesn't matter how long you've been saved. It doesn't matter how many scriptures you have memorized, church. It's your ability to, to, to walk hand in hand, step by step with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Not only, not only know who he is, know he's a person, but walk in sync with him, hear from him, listen to him, talk to him. This, this is the maturity coming, coming up. Amen. Amen? Some of y'all know we're not called to build a church. Hmm? See, we're, we're not. That's, that's, that's what the Word says. I know what, that's not what Ryan says. That's what the Word says, doesn't it? You know, here in Matthew 16, what does it say? You know, when, when, you know, when uh, Jesus started talking to the apostles, he said, now listen, who, who do men say that I am? And, and they're like, oh, Elijah, you know, some, some of these amazing prophets that are before us, some, some of the dead ones that are raised back to life. And, 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 and uh, Peter said, well, well, I believe you're the Christ. You're the, the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. Amen. And Jesus spoke unto him. Amen. He said, listen, by this revelation, by this word that you spoke, by Peter, you are a rock. You're, you're the little rock. By, but this rock of Gibraltar, this, this amazing confession you just made, I will build my church upon it. And he says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. So we don't have to, we don't have to labor in building the church. We just got to hear from him. We got to hear from him, walk in sync with him, and he will build his own church. He will open up these doors, church, that, that many, many opportunities will be opened up for us. Like we've been saying here at our, at, our, at our church, and I know many people in this room, and I'm sure many people watching, this is some of the busiest time I've ever been in. You know, and then when I say that, sometimes it blows people away. Like, what are you talking about? What are y'all doing that's so busy? What we're ministering. Amen. The, the, the doors of opportunity have been so vast right now. People getting saved, people getting filled with the Holy Ghost, you know, uh, people getting healed. It is amazing time if you'll just open your ear to what the Spirit of God is saying and, and flow with him. Amen. Because there's more opportunities right now than there ever was. Why? Because the government will never shut down the church. Amen. We just got to listen to him and how he desires for us to do things that may not look like what you expect it to look like. Amen. But it'll look like his. See, Oh, here we go. See, Jesus, he, he didn't build a church necessarily how we think we should build a church. Amen. So we think we can have, you know, amazing things, amazing lights, you know, a, a great speaker sitting up on stage and amazing things will happen. Get, get amazing worship team and people are going to flock to it. Listen, that's not how Jesus built a church. Amen. Jesus began to, to demonstrate the power of God. And when that happened, you can go to John chapter six. What did he do? He fed the multitudes. He fed the 5,000. He fed not just 5,000. Most theologians say it was 5, 10, 15, 20, maybe even 25 to 30,000 people that 
that were getting fed. And what did they do? They got fed. They went on about their business. They came to him the next morning, amen, started talking to him. And he started preaching the word again to them. And they're like, well, well, Jesus, we'll believe what you have to say if you'll just show us another miracle. Show us a sign. Show us a sign. Amen. Just show us, just show us one sign. We'll, we'll believe what you have to say. You know what the code word is? They're saying, listen, if you'll give us a full Irish breakfast, you know, if you'll give us, you know, eggs and, and rashers and mushrooms and, and, you know, black and white pudding, if you'll, if you'll pull it up on a plate, listen, listen, we'll, we'll listen to it. We'll believe your God then. We'll believe you may be the Messiah. We may believe you may have a word for us, but, but give us that full Irish breakfast. Amen. And what did Jesus begin to say? He said, I am the bread of he said, I am the bread of life. You know, if you eat of me, if you drink of me, you'll never hunger. You'll never thirst. You'll never hunger. You'll never thirst. Show us a sign. Show us a sign. Thousands and thousands. The biggest mega church you've probably ever seen. Probably 20,000 people sitting out there just, just hunting after Jesus, crowding around Jesus. Show us a sign. Show us a sign. And he's saying, I am your sign. You don't eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. You cannot partake of me. You'll have no life in you. People can say, ooh. Man, that's a, that's a difficult thing. What are you talking about? Are we supposed to be cannibals? What are you talking about here? Didn't have ears to hear. What are you, what are you talking about here, Jesus? That's, that's difficult. And many of them begin to walk away. Jesus had the greatest mega church. And what did he do? He began to separate. He brought down the sword and began to separate what the believers and the ones that were <laughs> the ones that were seeking the benefits of believing but didn't want to believe. Amen. He, he brought the sword and they all left to where he turned, he turned around to his 12. Said, what about you guys? Where are you going to go? What, what, do you, what do you want to do? And they're like, well, you know, these are, these are pretty tough things to, to hear, but, you know, we know, you're, we know who you are. We know the cross. We're not going anywhere. Amen. And through that, through building up of the 12, through the, through the ones that desired something, the ones that were true, the ones that were, that were pressing in, trying to, trying to receive what the Lord had for them. Amen. This is what he built the church upon. Amen. And through these 12, the world got flipped upside down. I'm telling you, through, through a handful of believers, church, through a, through a handful of 15, 20 people, I'm telling you, the world can get flipped upside down through you if you will believe it. Amen. If you will listen to him, if, you'll, if you will put everything you have towards him, I'm telling you, you can change the world. That's what he's preparing you for. Amen. But I'm telling you, he will drop the sword. He will, he will bring back, he'll, he'll get rid of the chafe. Amen. Because he didn't have time to, 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 to deal with the chafe. I mean, he's dealing with the people that are hungry, that are seeking after him. Listen, church, this, this is why the Lord speaks in mysteries. This is why he speaks in parables. Amen? Because he doesn't pour out all of his goodness for, for everyone. You, you know why? Because he's merciful. Amen? Well, how is that merciful? <laughs> because you're accountable for the things you know. And if you don't want it and your ears start grabbing a hold of 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 the goodness of the kingdom and the amazing things of the kingdom. Listen, church, Satan will hold you accountable for the things that you know, and he will come and torture you with it. Amen? He will torture you with it. So what do we do? We turn our gaze to him. Turn our gaze into the, to the God of gods, the only God, the living God, the one, the holy one. His name's Jesus. And I'm telling you, church, I'm thankful for a group of people 
Amen. For a group of people, a handful of people that are coming and seeking after that. I mean, you are the 12. Many, not just here in this, that are here right now, I'm talking many in this church, they are the 12 that are sitting back and like, Lord, I, I may not know everything about you. I may not, I may not arrived. I may not, I may not have everything operating through me like it should, but I want you and I'm not turning away. Use me. Amen. I trust you. Use me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, Jesus will get rid of the posers. Amen. He'll get rid of the counterfeit. He'll get rid of the posers. He'll get rid of the hypocrites. Not that he will push them away. Amen. But they won't be able, they won't, they won't be able to handle. They won't be able to handle the words that are coming out. They'll misunderstand and get offended and, and walk away. Amen. But in this day, in this age we're living in right now, as we're reading through Revelations and the seven letters of the church, I'm telling you, this is, this is something we better be pressed into. This is something we need to grab a hold on because, see, this is how the gates of hell can't prevail against the church. It's people that hear from him. Amen? That's how we get faith is by hearing from him. Amen? Allowing him to speak into our spirits, guide us, direct us, and there's nothing that will destroy us. Nothing that will destroy his kingdom. Nothing ever has and nothing ever will destroy these things. Hallelujah. God is that good. God is that good. Amen. Hallelujah. What a blessing. What a blessing it is, I tell you. <laughs> Whew, I don't know what it is, but... I think the Lord is sitting there wanting to brag on you guys here for a little bit. I'm telling you, it is amazing. It blows me away. When I look across this room and see some of the people that are here and seeing the leaps and bounds, the depths they're beginning to walk into, the destinies that are starting to be revealed unto them. Right in the middle of a pandemic. Right in the middle of, of, of something that you, you, you shouldn't be doing anything right now, but I'm telling you, they're so set ablaze. But listen, church, you, you walk up right next to them, and you can feel that fervent heat coming off of them as they are constantly pressing into the things of God, seeking after the things of God. I'm telling you, they, they're starting to look a lot less like the world, and the world don't know what to think about them. Amen. But, but if you get right up next to them, I'm telling you, you can feel that, that warmth begin to radiate off of them for the things that they're seeking out in their, in their private life in the secret place. Amen. And it, and I'm telling you, it's absolutely contagious. It's absolutely contagious. I mean, it may draw so it may draw a line, it may draw a sword from some of the people that may want to be around you. Amen. But I'm telling you, for for the ones that are seeking something, it'll be absolutely contagious. They'll look at you like, oh man, I I just need that. Let me just rub. Let me just rub on you a little bit. Let me, you know, where are you at? Where are you going? This, this is what he's training you up for. So you can not just hoard this to yourself, but you can pass it on to the people that are around you. Give it to the ones that, that, are, that are desiring it, amen? See, unlike COVID, amen, unlike this season of COVID where everyone's, don't touch anyone, don't, don't look at anyone, don't breathe anyone. Listen, this is something that people ought to be desiring for, Amen. This is what you ought to be seeking, seeking for. I mean, to get mouth to mouth with someone just to get some of that goodness that, that's on them. Amen. And praise God for it, I'm telling you. Real fires are evident. Hmm? Real fire is evident. 
Amen. This is where this is where revivals have been birthed. This is where churches have been birthed. This is where you know men and women of God have been birthed, and they've been written about over the years. Because real fires are evident. But I'm telling you, there is an illusion of fire. Amen. And in this time and age that we're living in right now, that illusion of fire, man, it, it, there's a big gap being you know being put in, in in between the two. Amen. A big gray area between the fire and the and the illusion of fire. You know. <laughs> yeah, we're over at uh, Cynthia's. Long time ago, some time ago, I don't know when it was. It was cold, but we were in her house, and she popped in one of these fire logs. You know, popped in you know one of these little pre-made fire logs with a wrapper on them. You know, you stick them in the the um, in the in the fireplace or the the stove. You know, light it up and, and get it going. And and you know, praise God. You know, it puts out a little bit of heat. You know, it's a it's a it's a fire starter, is what it is. You know, it put, it puts out a little heat, but it's not. It is not a true fire that you're that you're looking to burn, you know, in your in your stove to heat up the house or to heat up the room. Amen. So what do you do? You lift it up. You know, praise God. It looks good. It's beautiful. You know, you got a nice flame coming off of it. It's easy to get started. But I'm telling you, it's a counterfeit. It's a counterfeit. You say, what do I mean by that? See, if you'll go get your hands dirty. If you'll, if you'll go get some coal, if you'll get some wood, amen, and use that fire starter to, to start the coal and start the wood, you'll start to get a higher that, uh, fire that actually produces some heat. Amen. And not only produces heat, it, it'll, it'll stay lit for a lot longer. Amen. Not only will it stay lit a lot longer, it will cost you a lot less money. Amen. But what happens, see, when you, get, when, you get some, when you get around something that's real, when you get around a real fire, you, you turn back to that counterfeit that you had and say, man, that may have been easy, but, man, that's no good. It may be, it may be easy just to, to strike, a, strike a lighter to it, but, man, it's no good. It don't last very long. It doesn't put out very much heat. It is a counterfeit to the real thing. I'm telling you, church, let's, let's seek after the real thing. Amen? Let's seek after the real thing. So in an effort, if I can move into, into what we're going to be teaching here, in an effort... Amen, to, to stoke up that fire, to stir something up on the inside of you. Amen, to, to separate the, the ones that are hunting after the things of God and the ones that aren't. Amen, amen. let's, let's, throw, let's throw a little bit of coal on the fire and get back to this series that, that uh, the Lord has been leading us to. Amen. We've been talking on the, the seven letters to the church, and we've been, we've been in a conclusion. I guess this is, what, week four on, on our conclusion here about what Jesus asked us to do. And, and what was that? To reveal himself, reveal who Jesus says he is and his characteristics, you know, to the churches that he's bringing in praises, commendations, and bringing rebukes, how he relates to each and every one of them. So, so just as a quick review, I start off in, uh, in chapter 2, verse 1. It says, And unto the angel at the church of Ephesus, he says, Write these things, say, He that holds the seven stars in his right hand, and who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Amen. The one who, to the church who, Ephesus, who walked away from their first love, not, not walked away from their girlfriend, not walked away from their husband or their wife, no, walked away from their first love, Jesus. Amen. They began to walk away, to, to disassociate, to forget their first love. Amen. He says, listen, I am the true head of the church. He says, you're, you're participating in the church. He says, listen, I am the head of the church. I am the head of the church. And I hold those pastors. I hold those apostles. I hold those elders. I hold, I hold them in my right hand of authority. Not only do I hold them in authority, amen, I hold them accountable for the authority I gave them. 
He says, not only do I come and hold these in authority, he says, I, I desire, and I'm telling you, church, this is, a, this is just an amazing word that, that the church needs to understand. He says, I not only desire to lead you and guide you, I desire to come and commune with you. I desire to come walk among your church. I come and hang out with your church. If you will let me in it, I want to come in and give you words of knowledge. I want to come in and heal your sick. I want to come in and give you, give you words that will edify you, lift you up. I want I want to jump on your pastor and speak words to you that, that build you up to make you rock the world around you, that rock your, your jobs, rock your family. Amen. I desire to be, I desire to have you worship me. I desire to have you praise me, but I also desire to minister back unto you. Amen. I walk amongst my churches. I'm telling you, he's powerful. To the church at Smyrna. In verse 8, he says, Under the angel at the church of Smyrna, he says, Write these things, say it the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. Under this persecuted church, this church that was beginning to, people that were beginning to lose their jobs, maybe getting put in prison, some getting martyred. You know, amazing things were happening against this church that was standing firm in the things of God. He says, hey, listen, persecuted church. I, you know, I, know, I know people are coming against you. I know they're, they're trying to shut you down. I know the government may be trying to shut you down. I know there's different things that are going on in your life, that the adversary's coming after you, religion's coming after you. But he says, listen, I, I am the first and the last. I'm here before them. I'll be here long after they're gone. I'm the one that was dead, and now they put me to death, and I'm raised back to life. Listen, church, and I, I brought you back to life. Your life is in me. Amen. Don't fear these things. Don't fear the persecution. Don't, don't fear what the world has to offer. Don't feel the culture of the world that's trying to hinder you, distract you, and stop you from what I'm calling you to do. You lean on me because I am the first and the last. I am your head. Amen. I am the head of the church. Under the church at Pergamos. In verse 12, he says, Under the angel of the church at Pergamos, write these things, saith he that has the sharp sword with two edges to the church that was permitting compromise into their church. What is compromise? Anything outside of Jesus. Anything outside of the word of God is compromise, full stop. Amen. He says, to the church that was permitting compromise, he says, listen, I know you're in Satan's seat. I know Satan has, has, has power and authority in the city you're in. I, I understand that. I understand that. He says, but you're, but you're allowing compromise to come into your church. And he says, listen, I'm the one that has that sharp two-edged sword. I'm the one that, that will bring that dividing line. I'm the one that, that separates the spirit from the soul. I'm the one that separates the, soul, the, the bone from the marrow. I'm the one that separates the thoughts and the intents of your heart. That, that is me. I'm the one that carries that sword. Hallelujah. He says, I didn't come with a butter knife. I didn't come to smooth over compromise. And man, he comes, I'm coming to bring a sword to cut out compromise. Why? Because we are overcomers in Christ is what he has called us to be. We are not called to compromise. Why? Because you're an overcomer in him. You're defeated when you, when you allow compromise to come in your life. You will be defeated 100% of the time. 100% of the time. Stand firm in him. Amen. Allow him to, to make you the overcomer that he's called you to be. Amen. He's the God of confrontation. Hallelujah. Confrontation is not a dirty word. It's obviously a godly word. Under the church at Thyatira, in verse 18, it says, Under the angel of the church at Thyatira, he says, Write these things, saith the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, whose feet 
are like fine brass. He says, under the church that has permitted so much compromise in your town, so much compromise that from the culture of this world has come into your church. He goes, you've permitted so much, now you have bad doctrine. Now you're teaching these things that, that you should be. You're, you're teaching uh, uh, these compromising doctrines like it's from me. You're leading your, your children, the sons and daughters of God, astray. You're going to cut off the next generation because you're not leading them into the power of God. You're leading them into compromise. It's becoming your doctrine. Amen. He, said, he says, listen, he says, listen, I don't care if you think this is the only way to keep your, your job in the society that you're at. You don't, you don't compromise these things. We don't get involved with idolatry. We don't get involved in adultery. We don't get involved in these, in these pagan worship things. We don't get involved in the culture of the world. Amen? Why? He says, I am him that has eyes like the flame of fire. I am the son of God. Yeah, I'll start off with that. I am the son of God. I'm not, just a, I'm not just a son of God. I am the son of God. Just pay attention to what I'm about to say to you, Thyatira. I am the Son of God. I have eyes like a flame of fire. I have mesmerizing eyes that will draw you in as you look into them, as you seek me. I have a mesmerizing gaze, amen? And as you draw unto me, listen, I, want to, I desire to refine you. Uh, if you'll come unto me, my eyes, they will refine you. They'll burn off the chafe. They'll burn off the culture of the world. They'll, they'll burn off anything that doesn't resemble me and who I've called you to be and made you to be. It'll burn off. But listen, if you, if you, don't, if you don't yield them to that refining fire, listen, you may get burned. You may get burned. He says, because I have feet that are a fine brass. We know, we know throughout the word, brass is, is associated with judgment. Amen. Jesus is the judge. Amen. Jesus is the judge. Now listen, church, I'll say this every time we go over this. Jesus is not here to judge our salvation. I mean, he's not coming here to see if you're good enough to keep your salvation or not. That's not our God. That's not how he operates. He gave up everything so you can have salvation while you're yet a sinner. He's not looking to take it away from you. He's looking to pour it upon every person in this world. He's not, he's not looking to tell you. May, you may decide to give it up. You may decide to walk away from it, but he'll never take it from you. That's not our God. I mean, our God loves people. He loves us, and he desires to, to, uh, he desires to operate with us in all these things. But listen, he is the judge. He is a judge. Amen. What does he judge? Anything that comes against his name. Anything that comes against his word, anything that comes against his church, his people, his love, anything that comes against those things, I'm telling you, he will judge them. Amen. He will judge those things. You know, I was listening you know, uh, I don't know, probably a year or so ago, there's a minister I like to listen to, and he was, he was chatting, he was sitting, uh, he was actually just came, he came back from visiting a girl that was in his church. She went back home to, I think, Arizona or something like that, and she was, uh, you know, in the hospital dying of cancer. You know, and they prayed for this woman. They prayed for her several times. And, and she was a young, young woman, I think part of the worship team or whatever. And she was sitting there on this, on this, in this hospital dead, you know, like lifeless, could barely move, just, just destroyed. Yes, cancer was just eating her away. And he was sitting there and he was sitting there and, you know, this guy's a kind of a, a burly guy, you know, and he was sitting there and he said, tears are just coming down, coming down my face. And he goes, I was so angry. I was so angry at what was going on. I was so angry that this girl hadn't popped up out of the bed. I was so irritated and angry about these things. And, and the Lord said, are you angry? 
He started, the Lord started to teach him in this situation. He said, are you, are you, are you angry about this situation? He said, yeah, I'm, 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 I don't know if I've ever been any more angry than I am right now over what's happening with this, with this young woman. You know, and, and he goes, what would you do? What do you, the Lord said, what would you do right now if you could? He goes, if I could, right now I'd jump inside of her body and I'd murder every cancer cell that's there. I'd jump inside of her body and I'd murder every cancer cell that's in her. I'd murder it. I can't stand it. I hate it. And the Lord said, that's how I judge. He said, that's, that's exactly, I have a furious love. My, I got such a passionate love for my people. I have such a passionate love for my church. I have such a passionate love for, for people. I will judge anything that comes against it. Anything that tries to destroy my church. Anything that tries to destroy, and I'm not talking about a church building. I'm talking about the church, the people. Anything that's trying to come against it. He goes, I will judge. I will push back against those things. I will protect it with a furious love. I'm telling you, church, that is powerful. You want to know what God's judgment looks like? That's what his judgment looks like. God's not sending hurricanes. He's not sending typhoons. He's not sending earthquakes. He's not sending these things to, to destroy the sinner. Now, now, God's trying to get those people saved. He's trying to use you to get them saved. But I'm telling you, he does anything in his power to protect people. Amen. His people. He always has. Go study the word of God. Amen. What does a judge look like? Amen. We have this idea that a judge, you know, sits there, sits there with the gavel and, and sit there and listens to the good side and the bad side of a situation. That, that is not what God is as a judge. He wrote a book about judges. Amen. What he calls a judge. People that are leading people in the kingdom, leading nations. Amen. Making decisions for the nations. You know, taking, taking battle against the darkness. This, this is what he calls a judge. Not looking to say, you're wrong. You're out. That, 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 that is not what the judge looks like. Amen. The judge is here to protect you and lead you into victory and everything in your lives if we will listen to him. Amen. He is such a good God. Hallelujah. Who man. Well, I'll blame this on Kimberly. I may go a little bit, uh, a little bit longer than, than necessary. So hold on with me. We're on Easter break here, church. You know, come on. Yeah, let me let me get let me get let me get through a little bit quicker here in the in the in the message to the church at Sardis. He says, under the angel of the church at Sardis says, write these things, saith he that has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. He goes, I know your works, that you have a name, that you liveth, but you are dead. He says, I the church is living by a reputation that you're alive. He goes, listen, you are dead. You you may look like a church, you may look like a hand, but listen, you're a prosthetic. You're a prosthetic, you're, you're, you're dead, you're, you're rubbery, amen. He goes, but listen, don't, don't have any fear of those things. He goes, I'm the one that holds the seven spirits. I had the, the sevenfold spirit of the Holy Ghost that I've always had, and I'm delivering him, I have delivered him unto you, and he'll bring back to life anything that's been dead. Anything that's a prosthetic, he, he can bring, he has the ability to bring life back unto him. This is the abundance. This is the exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. It's that Holy Ghost that's on the inside of us that, that brings that exceeding abundant power into life. Amen. He's the one that does it. But what do we got to do? We got to stop desecrating the temple. We got to stop harming the temple. And stop paying attention to the temple, caring for the temple, knowing what's on the inside of it. 
Amen. Knowing who's dwelling on the inside of us and that he's de desiring. Because I'm telling you once, you, once you begin to turn your gaze unto him, turn your gaze to the spirit of God, I'm telling you better hold on, church, because then, then Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2 begins to operate in your life. The, the spirit of the Lord, the, the spirit of the spirit of, of, of wisdom will come upon you. The spirit, the spirit of understanding will come upon you. The spirit of counsel to where you don't have to go seek counsel from, from Tom, Dick, and Harry or, or, the, or the 10 different best friends you grow up with. No, you can just seek counsel from the spirit of God that will deliver you, direct you, not let you step on any mine or any trap. He will deliver you from all things if you will begin to allow him to be your counselor. He has a spirit of might. He has a spirit of knowledge. He has a spirit of fear of the Lord, not, not something to be scared of the Lord, but something to be in actual reverence of God. Amen. Knowing who God is, desiring God, that, that reverence. I'm telling you, without this fear of the Lord, church, without this fear of the Lord, you'll never be able to have the, the seventh fold, you know, spirit of God. You'll never have the godliness be able to, to operate in your life. Why? Because you don't fear. I'm telling you, see, this is the problem with the church. You want to know why the church doesn't have godliness flowing through it? Why the spirit of godliness isn't, isn't flowing like, like mad through the church? Is because we have no reverence. We have no fear for the things of God. We think everything's about us. We think, we think God's here to serve us. We think God's our genie in the bottle. Oh, God, let me rub you one more time and get, and get what I want because it's all about me. Listen, church, we need to learn who we're coming into the presence of, who we're desiring to seek, who we're speaking to, who we're saying we serve. Because I'm telling you, he is the creator of the heavens and the earth. He is the judge of the universe. He is our daddy. He is our papa. He is our God. And when we get that, fear of who he is, that reverence, that, that awe of who he is, not awe of look who I am and what I can do, but that awe of who he is, I'm telling you, then his godliness begin to flow through us. His godliness, the spirit of godliness will wake up some things on the inside of us, amen? Under the, under the church of Philadelphia, hallelujah, and I'll end here today. Because this is actually where I wanted to go. It says, Under the angel at the church of Philadelphia, he says, Write these things, saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that opens and no man shuts, and he that shuts and no man opens. To the church of brotherly love, to the church of brotherly love, he goes, that's not only being exhibited in you, but it's ex exhibited through you. A church that has no rebuke coming upon him. He says, listen, I got a message for you. I got a message for you. And the one, and the Holy One is the one that's going to deliver this message. What does that word holy mean? It's the Greek word hagios. Amen. And it means something different. The, the lexicon says it's set apart, different, distinguished. It's different or unlike something else. It has an other otherness about it. It's, it's likeness. It is in the likeness of the nature of the Lord because it is different from the world. He's saying the Holy One Amen. The God of this world, not, not, not the God of this world, but, but the God that created the world, the different God. Not this, that's why this is, this is the Holy Bible. This isn't just a, a book. No, this, this is a book of the word of God that's been separated from all other things. 
things. I mean, this is why we have the holy church. This is why the church is holy, not because it's what we say because we're religious. No, no, this body, not, and, well, absolutely, Lord, the, the building itself has been segregated. When people look at that, they say, man, that place is holy. You can walk into a church and just feel the presence of God. It's holy. It's different. It's not like walking into a pub. It's not like walking into, you know, it's like the difference in walking into a Christian's house and walking into someone that's not a Christian house. You can usually tell right off the bat. Why? Because one's separated, one's set apart, one's different. It's holy. And one's not. Amen. This barn, it's holy. <laughs> like we're in here. It's been set apart. I mean, it's on a holy man's property. Amen. And when, and when we go into that, it, you can tell, you can sense the presence. God begins to move. I mean, because it, it's separated. It's different. And he's made us different. One of those words that religion hates to hear, he's made you holy. He's made you different from, from, from the world, from the, the creation of the world, from, from that family of Adam. He's made you completely different from them, set apart from them. Amen. Stop acting like them. Stop trying to be like them. You're different. Own that difference. Own that holiness. Why? We have the holy God living on the inside of us. Don't, don't try to be like them. I'm telling you, the church, we've been doing this for ages. We want to be just like them so we can get the world in and on. That doesn't work. They can go to the cinema. They can go to watch shows. They can go to music concerts and find that out. No, they need to come to this place because it is different. Amen? I'm telling you, church, we need to begin to raise our children be like they're different. Amen. Quit trying to say, man, I just need them to be like the world. I, I want them to be accepted by the world. I want them to be just like the world, so I'm allowing them to do all these things so people won't think they're weird. People, I tell, they are weird. They're different. They're holy. They're consecrated by your relationship. They're, 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 they're different from the rest of the world. They should not look like the world. See, when they're different from the world, that's when they're going to be in revival into their schools. That's when they'll lay hands on the sick in their school, when they know they're worthy, and they're like, thank God. I'm holy. Thank God I'm different. Thank God I'm hagios. Amen? Not, oh, well, I really can't say those things because I'm around these people now. Hmm? We are holy. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed of that. This is, this, we're not participating with the culture of the world. We are holy. Amen? We're, we are changing the culture of this world. I mean, like we said this last week, or maybe I dreamed it, I don't know. But that, that, dream, that, that prayer that Jesus says for, uh, said to us to pray as the disciples came to him, you know, you know uh, that it may be on earth, uh, on earth that it is in heaven. You know, we've said this a million times. Every religious institution in this world has said it over and over and over, and they believe nothing about it. They don't, they don't believe it. Why? Because they don't even believe they're holy. They don't believe they're separated. I'm telling you, God is asking holy people to bring down the culture of the kingdom of God down here on this earth and change it. Not look like it, but change it. Whoo, that's a responsibility, church. That's called swimming up the stream. I mean, that's called walking up the downward escalator. Man, that's called being a son and a daughter of God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm -mm -mm. He says, the he that, that is true. He says, I am the truth and the life, right? He says, I am the one that it will bring you into authentic union with life. I will bring you into authentic union with truth. You want to know what's true? You're going to have to go through him. You want to know what's counterfeit? He'll tell you what's counterfeit. Amen. But if you want truth, 
You have to go to the one that's true. You're going to have to go to him who is truth. He is the only one that can bring you into union with it. Hallelujah. It says, he that has a, uh, wrong verse here. He that is holy, he that is true, he that has the key of David, he that opens and no man shuts. Amen. As the, in verse 11 says, he that, he that holds the victor's crown. Amen. He says, don't, don't lose your crown. You're wearing this victor's crown. He says, listen, guys, talking to this church at Philadelphia, he says, I know you're not the biggest church out of all these other ch churches in the Lycus Valley. I know, I know you're not the biggest church. I know you're not the wealthiest church. I know, I know you don't even have all the gifts and all the amazing power things flowing through you like some of these other churches. Is. He goes, I understand those things, but listen, you've been faithful with what I've given you. You've been faithful to the revelation knowledge you have. You've been faithful to what's been put upon you. And because you've been faithful, ooh, I'm going to open the door for you. Because it's, it, this is amazing. You've been faithful. So now I'm going to open up a door. This is that Greek word thura, right? It means a, a big, thick door with latches and locks on it. Jesus says, listen, I am the key holder. I'm the one who holds the key to this. No one else owns the key to this door. When I open the door, no one can shut it. Not Satan himself. No one, not an angel, not a man. No one can shut this door. And when I shut one, church, nothing, nothing can open up. Amen. I am the key holder. He is the key holder. And he says, you have been so trustworthy with the things that I've placed in your hands. I'm fixing to open up some amazing things in your life. I'm, I'm fixing to double your revelation. I'm fixing to double the harvest that's coming. I'm going to open up doors of doors you didn't even think could exist, but I'm fixing to open for them because you're faithful. You know, most people are like, ah, that, is, that, is that really the way the kingdom works? I mean, it takes these, these little small ones and, and does something great with them. Yeah, that's, that's, how, that's how the kingdom works. He works on faithfulness. Amen. We'll, we'll go there. We'll go there here in Matthew chapter 25, and we will finish here. Maybe. Matthew 25. Most of us know this portion of, the, of Matthew here. You know, it's when Jesus is talking about his return. He's talking about his return through Matthew 24 there. And at the beginning of 25, he's talking about the parable of the ten virgins, you know, the ones that, that were prepared for his coming and the, and, the, and the ones that were not prepared for his, uh, for his coming. And then we get down here into verse 14 here. And this is, uh, this is the parable of the ten talents. Amen. Talents is a, was a form and a measurement of money. It was a great chunk of money. Amen. Back, back in the, in this day here. And this is, now listen, this is still speaking of the return of Jesus. Amen. But listen, it will fit to what I'm, what I'm talking about here with this church of Philadelphia. Hallelujah. In verse 14, it says, for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who, who called his own servants and delivered them their goods. You know, this, this is what Jesus said. He came here. He delivered his goods into the country. You can go to Luke 19, uh, I think somewhere around 13, 14, 15, somewhere around there, and you'll see that Jesus says, occupy until I come. Amen. G Jesus gave us authority. He gave us his power. He gave us dominion here on this earth. And he said, occupy this land, occupy this earth until I'm coming back for you. Amen. How many of y'all know this is our call? Amen. 
It's not sitting here to do nothing. It's not to sit here in a pew. It's not here to sit in these chairs. It's not sit here and to hope, oh, Jesus, I can't wait till you come back. No, no, no. No, he gave you a specific job and a duty. He said, occupy this place. We are the ones with authority. Occupy this place until I come. And in verse 15, he says, And unto one of them he gave five talents, and to another two, and another one, to every man according to his several ability. And straightway he took his journey. Now listen. The Lord doesn't place a, a higher expectation upon us for something that he didn't put in us. Amen? The Lord doesn't place an expectation for a return or for us, a job for us to do than something that he hadn't placed in us. You say, what do I mean by that? He doesn't, our God doesn't show favoritism. Amen? Yeah, he gave one five, he gave one two, he gave one a one. Amen. This is, this, is, this is some of the ability that they may have to do to do, the, to, uh, to do the works in the kingdom that he asked them to do. But see, he's not asking for the same, same return from the one that had one as the one that had five. Amen. Because he's just. Amen. He works with what he's given you. He works with the revelation you have. Amen. He works with where you are in the kingdom. He works with these things. He's not going to punish you for not, for not, uh, for not having, having five. Amen? He expects us to grow up until we can get into that place to have five. Amen? But he, he, will, he rewards us and, and gives us kudos, amen, just by being faithful. Listen, it could be like this. Just because you're a good businessman doesn't mean you make a good pastor. Amen? Why? Because he put some giftings and callings that may be different in one person than he did for another. It doesn't mean that a pastor is greater than a businessman or a guy that, that mops the floors is, is any less than the pastor or the businessman. No, no, no. There's, a, there's a giftings and callings that he has for each and every one of us, but he does expect us to, to produce off of what he's placed on the inside of us. Amen? Amen? Just like it doesn't mean a pastor would make a great businessman. Amen? Why? Most pastors I know are horrible with money. Amen? It comes in their hands and out as quick. They're, they're terrible with it. That's why they have administrators and, and, and some other things like that. But the, now listen, there are things that he, people, he's put both of these in, in people, amen. I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to distinguish anything here. All I'm trying to say is he wants a return off of what he's placed on the inside of us, where we are in the kingdom with our revelation and, uh, and, what, and what we have. Like, likewise, he doesn't make us, resp mm. yeah, that's a good example, Lord. He doesn't, Expect a child to run our household. Amen? Just like I don't expect Lane to run my house. Amen? God doesn't expect Lane to run my house. He expects me to run it. Why? Because I'm in that place of maturity to run it most of the time. Amen? But what does he do? He's expecting him to grow into that place where he can manage a house, where he can manage his family, where he can lead his, his family unto Jesus and, and by the Spirit of the Lord. That, that's what he's expecting, but, he, but he, he, he's responsible for what he has right now, where he is right now, amen? But he does expect us to mature up. Hallelujah. He says here in verse 16, he says, then he, then he that received five talents, he went and he traded with the same, and he made five more talents. And likewise, he that received two, he gained also another two. And he that received one, he went and, and digged in the earth, and he hid the money. And after a long time, the Lord, the Lord of those servants, he came, and he reckoned with them. And so he that uh, received the five talents, he came and brought the other five talents and said, Lord, 
You deliver unto me five talents. Behold, I've gained you five more. He said to him, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in a few things. He goes, I'm going to make you ruler over many things. Enter, in to the, enter into the joy of the Lord. And, he, and then he came up to the, to the one that had two. And the one that had two, he said, e, 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 I, uh, and then he also that received two talents came to him and said, Lord, you deliver us unto me two talents. Behold, I've gained another two talents besides them. And he said the same thing to him. He said, uh, the Lord said to him, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter in the joy of the Lord. It's interesting here that the Lord makes us accountable, amen, for what he's placed on the inside of us. But listen, the more you have, the more you're responsible for it. Amen. The more revelation you have, the more you're responsible for it. The more finances you have, listen, you're going to be responsible for it. The more healing that takes place, you're, you're, you're responsible for it. Amen. You're responsible for the things that he's placed in us, amen? And it's not just, listen, it's not just money, amen? It's everything in the kingdom of God. And I'm telling you, revelation is a key, amen? But we are responsible for these things. But, but just as we receive the same reward is the amazing thing. See, it doesn't matter where you are in life. See, Lane, if Jesus was to come back today, you know, what Lane's responsible for, he would get the, if he is faithful in what the Lord gave to Lane, the Lord would look at him and say, you know what? Well done, my good and faithful servant. He goes, man, you've been faithful with what I put on the inside of you. Now I'm going to make you ruler over many things. Amen? And then he'll look at me. I may have done a few more things than he have. Why? Because I'm in a different place in my life, and I have different giftings and, and different things that he's placed on me, different revelation. But, but listen, if you're faithful to those things, he'll look at you and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Glory to God. You only have to be obedient to the things that he's given to us. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me finish up here. Try to get through this quickly. And then, he, and then he which had one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that you are a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you, have not, where you had not strawed. He goes, I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the earth, Lord. So, so uh, is there thou has, that has at your own? Listen, so you can have back exactly what I had for you. Amen. Great, great answer this one gave to him. And his Lord answered him and said, you are a wicked and slothful servant. Not because he didn't make any, any, any profit of it. He says, you're a wicked and you're a slothful. You're lazy. He goes, I knew, I knew you. Uh, he goes, if you knew where I reap where I didn't sow and gathered where I, had not, where I had not strawed, he goes, you ought to therefore to put my money in the exchangers or the bank and then at my coming, I would at least would have had received it with usury. Listen, with interest. Listen, we know this is a lazy statement from, from this, uh, from this uh, wicked servant here. Why? Because he was leaning to the thoughts and the opinions, whether it be his own thoughts or the opinions of others. He was leaning to those because the goodness of God was already manifested here, right? God wasn't trying to, put, try to punish or trying to do anything. No, he was trying to reward them. He was trying to, you know, if you can be faithful, listen, I want to give you more than what's rightfully yours. You know, if you can be, just, if you can be faithful just a little, a little bit of money, he goes, I'm going to put you as a ruler over kingdoms. I mean, if you can just be faithful to these things. But this wicked one, you know, he permitted himself to be manipulated 
by his own thoughts, by the, own cult, by the culture that he was living in, by the people that, that desired to, to talk bad about the Lord. Amen? And what happened? He got, he got called a wicked servant. He got called the wicked servant. God is not unjust. Amen? Listen to this here. It says, Take therefore the talent from him and give it to him which has ten talents. From everyone, that, and uh, for unto everyone that hath shall be given, and he shall have an abundance. But him that hath not, it shall be taken away, which he has. The Lord's saying, listen, listen, you take from tomorrow, because she was unfaithful. You take that, and you give that over to Jeddah, because he was faithful with what he had. Amen. And you say, man, that's not fair. And that, I mean, you can hear this is what the world says. That's not, that's not fair. Why are you going to give it to the one that has ten? She only had one. Why can't you just keep her one? Listen, this is kingdom economics. I mean, God, God doesn't care about this. It's just like tithing. I mean, it's kingdom economics. You can't, you can't listen to what the world says. You can't listen to what your mathematician professor says. You got to listen to what the Lord says. Because the world says one plus one equals two. 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 Jesus says one plus one may equal five. One plus one may equal three. One plus one, it may equal four. Amen. Jesus doesn't necessarily go by, by the economics or the way the world tells us to do things. He goes by how he desires to do things. Amen. And the amazing thing about God is, you know, when he says one plus one equals four, you know what happens? One plus one equals four. Amen. It's, it's, it's as easy as that. And he takes this one and he gives it. He gives it back another one, not because he's unjust. Amen. But because he was faithful. So what, is it, what in the world does this have to do with anything about, about the church of Philadelphia? Listen, Island Church, just because we're not a U.S. megachurch or an Australian megachurch, because we don't have 5,000 people sitting in, sitting in this barn, amen, just because you may not have as much finances flowing through the church, amen, that all the other churches may have, just because you may be lit on fire, starting to operate in the gifts, but, you, but we now be, may not be flowing like some of these other churches. We may not look like the church in, in the 70s or the 80s. We may not look like the church of, of the charismatic renewal. We may not, you know, look at some of these things, but Jesus said, listen, if you'll be faithful, if you'll just be faithful with what I placed in your hand, he says, I am desiring to open a door for you. I'm desiring to open a door, but you're going to have to be faithful. You're going to have to be faithful. You're, if you will be faithful, what's placed in your hand, I'm telling you, church, God will open up greater things than you even, even think to desire in your heart. Amen. You will find that he's placed that desire in there, but he is the one that will open them up. But all you got to do is be faithful with the little things that he's placed in your hand. Church, I'm telling you, you have problems at your job, be faithful with it. Be faithful with it. Because I'm telling you, greater things are coming. Amen. Yeah, you're, in, you're in a marriage. You're looking to get married. I'm telling you, be faithful with it. Be faithful with it. Why? Because I'm telling you, if there's problems now, I'm telling you, he's looking to open up a door to make it amazing. Be faithful with it. I'm telling you, you're in a small church. You're in a big church. Your church isn't going the way you want it to go. Listen, be faithful with it because he's looking to open up a door for you in that church to do something amazing if you will just be faithful with what he's, what he's trying to put in your hands. I'm telling you, church, he may have put an ember of a spark of a fire on the inside of you. Be faithful with it. Guard it. Protect it. Blow on it. May stir it up. Keep it going. Because I'm telling you, that, that little bitty ember is going to turn into a massive blaze that's going to light this island on fire if you'll be faithful with it. If you'll be faithful with it. Say, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful. 
Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Lord, we glorify you. We honor you. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your, your mercy. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your compassion. We thank you for your love that you're putting and pouring out upon this family. Lord, I thank you for the ember that's been placed in the heart of this church, Lord, and we blow on it. Lord, we, we decide we're going we're gonna to protect it. You know, we're going we're gonna to keep, keep the outside out from it, Lord. We're going to protect it. We're going we're gonna to stir it up. Lord, we're going to be faithful to what you've given us, Lord, not, not measuring ourselves with any other church, not measuring ourselves with the world. We're going to measure ourselves with you and what you've placed in our hand, Lord, and we are going to be faithful with it, and we're going to allow you to open up any door you want to open up for us, Lord. We're going to be faithful with our marriages. We're going to be faithful with our churches. We're going to be faithful with our jobs. We're going to be faithful with our finances. We're going to be faithful with our friends. We're going to be faithful to our neighbors. We're going to be faithful people to our nations, Lord. Hallelujah. You'll be faithful even to begin to pay our taxes. Hallelujah. We'll be faithful to anything and everything you've placed in our hands, Lord. Desiring. Desiring, Lord, that you use that you use this place. Desiring that you use us. That we are that vessel. We are part of part of the vessels that are going to bring our a true reformation of the kingdom of God back into this land. We thank you for it, Lord. We glorify you for it. We thank you, Lord, for Psalms 91, Lord. We thank you that we are protected in everything we do, Lord. That there's a hedge of protection that angels in front of us, behind us, back and forth on the sides of us, Lord. You protect us in everything. Lord, we are in the secret place, Lord. With you, Lord, we're even hidden as we travel to and from. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your furious love that judges anything that comes against us, that judges anything on the inside of us that's not you. That it can be, so it can be burned up and we can be the explicit mirror image of Jesus walk around here on this earth. Lord, we thank you for this church. We thank you for this family. We thank you for the ambassadors of Christ. You've called every single person to be that's received you sitting in these chairs, watching on the live stream. Thank you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by your blood. We are empowered by your word, and we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the center of the town, and we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie.